one. We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as per usual, I'm joined by Seth Winchild this time, coming live from Los Angeles. How are you doing, Seth? I'm good. All right. I hope so, because we have plenty to talk about this week, first week of the new quarter. So it's going to be a good show for, for people that love numbers, <laughs> because <laughs> we're going to discuss a lot of delivery results, a lot of production results. Something we love to do, because uh, when there's high volumes of uh, in, in those quarterly reports, that means more electric vehicles on the road and less uh, gas mileage, which is... Uh, what we all want, cleaner hair for everybody. And uh, we're going to start out uh, with that, uh, starting with who else is going to deliver more electric vehicles than Tesla. Uh, as per our expectation, the consensus was about 420,000. Well, there's been a lot of debate on the consensus, and I took a lot of crap <laughs> from my article on this thing that I beat ex- that Tesla beat expectation because apparently this quarter, like a lot of people that were using two different set of cons- supposedly consensus, uh, one at 420 and one at 430,000, um, which not at the end of the thing is like it's not that big of a difference. 10,000 units on almost half a million, but um, it's the difference between meeting expectation uh, or actually lo- missing expectation and beating expectations. So Tesla actually delivered 422,875 vehicles a quarter. So in my view, they, I, I thought anything over 420 this quarter would be good. So I, I see that as beating expectation. And uh, Bloomberg's Wall Street consensus of uh, 20 uh, analysts was 420,000 units to 421 maybe. It's still a beat. But the, there were other people like the Wall Street Journal using a 430,000 consensus. So they was like, eh, it was an awful quarter. Uh, obviously, Model 3, Model Y are leading the charge with 421,000 production, uh, 412,000 units delivered. Uh, Model S and X is the one that uh, we need to uh, keep a look at uh, right now. And uh, that will lead into our next story, too, about the price cuts that were announced overnight. But the 19,000 units produced, which is uh, good for, for a higher-end vehicle like that this quarter, but only 10,000. Uh, whoop, this is production, production. This would be delivery here. A little mistake. Um, 10,000 delivered, so only almost half of the vehicles that were produced this quarter were delivered. Tesla did kind of uh, warn why, why is that about. They said in the, like those quarterly release that they have normally has very little words in them. It's just the numbers of cars delivered. But this time they said that we continue to transition towards a more even regional mix of vehicle builds, including Model S and X vehicles in transit to MEA and EPAC. So in short, they are saying that, yeah, they are trying to smoothen those um, delivery waves, quarterly delivery waves at the end of the quarters. And uh, that resulted in a lot of more X and X in transit to Europe and Asia. Okay, maybe. Maybe that's true, or maybe Tesla also had incentives at the end of the quarter with 10,000 free supercharging miles to try to sell those vehicles and then just drop them by $5,000 each. <laughs> so that's uh, actually our next story here. Uh, overnight, Tesla put some significant price drops across every single model uh, that it sells. So we're going to get through it uh, pretty quickly here. Uh, but everything's on the website if you want to check it out. So Model 3, the base one, Model 3 standard range, the cheapest version, the cheapest Tesla vehicle you can buy new right now. Only a $1,000 price drop here, so nothing crazy. Went from $43,000 to $42,000. But it's important to note that 
This is probably the only model from Tesla that's going to lose the full tax credit uh, coming April 18. So it's going to go from $7,500 credit to $3,750. And so this price drop has a little bit more of an impact because uh, even though it's only 1000 you actually lose 3000 So something to keep in mind, even though a tax credit is not exactly... Uh, discount on the price uh, model 3 performance also getting a thousand dollar price drop to fifty three thousand dollars and still no custom orders on model 3 long range this one is starting to get weird a little bit right it's been quite like a year now that you cannot order it yeah that's a year is a long time yeah and we we've been speculating that it might be because of the new version coming but at this point like uh he's starting it's starting to get weird like it's just if it's if the especially if it's not coming until Q3, that's good. so that's going to be like another full quarter of no Model Three long range available to order as a, as a new vehicle. Uh, that that seems a bit excessive in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Here's what I found. Oh, sorry, my my series trying to uh, <laughs> to get involved in the podcast right now. I just shut her up. Uh, <laughs> that, um, do not disturb. Uh, all right, the Model Y, Model Y is getting a little bit uh, more interesting, though. Like as the Model Three lineup is getting more restrictive, the Model Y lineup, which is becoming the most important one from Tesla in terms of volume, um, we now have the Model Three, uh, Model, sorry, Model Y all-wheel drive. Uh, the, they're not using the standard range uh, kind of uh, name on it like they do for the Model Three because it's not like as big of a range drop from the long range version, I guess. So we're just going to call it the Model Y all-wheel drive. Or if you want to be more precise, it's a Model, drive, a Model Y with 4680 battery cells. So the Model Y built in GFRT Texas right now, amongst the Model Y with 2170 cells also built in Gigafactory Texas. But yeah, so this version has been available for a year now, but it was kind of a half the menu item where you would you couldn't really order it. You would just have to buy it off of inventory at times when it was available. And Tesla would offer it at, uh, to some Model Y reservation holders at time and originally to employees only. So it's the very same vehicle, the same 279 miles of range. It's 0.2 seconds slower than the Model Y long range. So in terms of like actual specs, it's, it's the same as the long range, but with... Uh, about 50 fewer miles of uh, uh, full range. Uh, but it also was reduced in price. Like when it was launched last year, it was $60,000. Now it's $50,000 before tax credit because that vehicle with the American-made sales is going to get the full tax credit. So this is going to like in California, it's going to be like a $40,000 car if you qualify for all the incentives. That's... Uh, uh, I think California, but probably on their markets too. New, does New York still has their? They have a two thousand dollar tax credit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at this point, it's getting a cheap vehicle at a lot of places. Model Relatively. Y. Yeah. Relative, right. Yeah. I mean, for, for what it is, uh, Model Model Y long range also getting a price drop now only fifty three thousand dollars. So that's that's also very interesting here. So uh, for three thousand dollar more, you get that fifty um, miles extra. Also getting the, the full tax rate on this one, most likely. So, and $57,000 for Model Y performance, also a $2,000 price drop. So Model Y lined up now, like everything is in, in the 50s uh, and, uh, and it's available in high volume. I would, I would assume that um, like <laughs> we're starting to see what uh, Elon meant by 
the the model Y potentially like having like a, a million, two million run rate a year. Like this is starting to be like okay, if if we're talking about a forty um, to fifty thousand dollar vehicle after tax credit, like this is very doable. Uh, we just talked about Model S and X having difficulty selling though, and uh, now another price drop is adding to it to try to sweeten the deal. And the Model S and X, that's we, the price have been like crashing for the last three months, four months now, it's, uh, almost. Um, the Model S long range now starts at $85,000. That's the $5,000 price drop and a $20,000 price drop of when he was selling just in December of last year. So significant. Um, even, even the Model S Plaid, which is like basically a, a supercar, is selling $105,000, another $5,000 price drop. It was $130,000 last year. So that's that's pretty crazy too. That's crazy. Yeah. That's almost like a whole extra car. Yeah, price. <laughs> yeah like, a, like a cheap Model 3, like the cheapest Model 3. Yeah, sure you um, and, and it's a supercar. Like it's right. a two seconds, zero to 60 car. Like it's, it's insanity. But uh, what's even crazier, like we discussed this last time that this dropped the price on Model S and X, but the Model X Plaid is also the same price as the Model S Plaid. And with that price drop, the price drop followed too on the Model X Plaid and it's also $105,000. So you can get a Model X Plaid right now for $105,000. But yeah, how often do you want to use that crazy speed, that crazy uh, acceleration on a full-size SUV? I don't know. So you might be better off on the base Model X, which also got a $5,000 price drop today at $95,000. So still a very expensive premium vehicle, but cheaper than it has been in a long time, like a very long time. Yeah, and uh, Elon Musk on the, I think it was the last... Uh, earnings call said uh, something about the uh, price elasticity um, where he, you know, Tesla was finding that if they dropped the price a little bit, it would automatically spur a lot of demand. So I'm assuming that this is all demand driven. Uh, you know, they're producing more than uh, the, the supply chain is. The supply chain is caught up. They can they can make as many as they need. So they have to drop prices a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's probably accurate. I mean, uh, Steve Sutton j just had another take on it here. Uh, unpopular opinion. Tesla looks at supplier costs for the next quarter or two and makes price adjustment accordingly. This differ from any other company, so folks don't understand. I mean, yes, this could have an impact for sure. But historically, when you look at Tesla pricing, they it's a, a, has been demand driven. Tesla will charge as much as it can charge for a car. So right. yeah, that thing said your 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 explanation is probably closer to reality right now, just because um, when Tesla could charge a lot more for their car last year, they did, and, and that was reflected in the gross margin. Even though Tesla had pressure from suppliers for sure last quarter, the gross margin went up with the pricing. So that makes sense too. Uh, now you're going to see gross margin go down this quarter when Tesla released the uh, earnings in a few weeks. Yeah, and investors don't really like that so much. Yeah. No, that, that, that's going to be the big thing, obviously. Record deliveries, but record deliveries based on lower prices. So how the margin, are, well, not how, but how much the margin are going to be affected. We know how it's going to be affected and in what, what way, I should say. And negative way, obviously. But now this second price drop obviously is going to have a big impact this quarter. I mean, I have to say, I like I like this strategy. You you make as many cars as you can, and you sell each one for as much as you can get for it. Yeah, like makes sense. 
And it's not like Tesla cannot afford taking a, a hit on the gross margin. They have industry-leading industry gross margins right now. Right. And it's not like they're trying to be exclusive or, you know, low, low number of cars. They're, they're making as many as they possibly can. They're opening factories. Mm-hmm. They're ramping production in each of the new factories. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, we already discussed the new Model Y all-wheel drive with 4680 cells being launched. And so why, the, the, that brings a question, the why is it being added to the configurator right now? Why can you order a new one right now? Uh, that might um, work with the next story that we're going to discuss real quick, which is that uh, Tesla Gigafactory Texas achieved a new run rate of 4,000 units per week. Now, Tesla obviously doesn't break down the one build with structural body pack and 4680 cells and the one build with the 2170 cells, so we don't know exactly what's happening. But it could potentially mean that Tesla had a little ramp up in, in capacity for the 4680 cells vehicle production, which is why it's not just an inventory car now and one that you can custom order build to your liking. So congrats on the team at Gigafight Texas for ramping up 4000 a week. Though they're a little bit behind their... The little friendly competition they have at Gigafactory Berlin now, which uh, achieved 5,000 just the week before that. Um, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, but Berlin doesn't have to deal with the uh, 4680s, so I feel like... Yeah, that's... that's a major difference, obviously. Major difference. Um, all right, uh, big news uh, that came out yesterday with Tesla filings for, filing for the annual meeting that's going to be coming in May. Um, the, uh, we, we have some votes for shareholders coming up and one of them was to vote for a new director because, uh, we're losing Mr. Hiromichi Mizuno, the head of the Japan government pension investment fund that has been on the board for almost two years now. Uh, he's going to be replaced by no other than JB Straubel coming back to Tesla. That's big, big news. Uh, very, uh, very happy about it. I assume that you have the same feeling set. Yeah, you need the applause thing on your uh, road yeah, podcaster I thing. <laughs> I don't have it. Uh, the moment's gone. It's too late. Damn. <laughs> uh, there we go. There uh, we go. <laughs> uh, no, that's it's great news. Uh, you know, we've always been fans of JB, and uh, you know, obviously he started his own company. That's kind of his day job. But I thought it was interesting that um, the Reuters report uh, kind of put it in the context of succession planning. And, you know, if if something should happen to Elon or, you know, he decides he mm. wants to be a Twitter Twitter CEO, uh, you know, in that context, well, would, would JB be the CEO of Twi- uh, Tesla? That would be interesting. But, I think it would be the best, uh, like the minor one one pick for sure. Uh, for sure, me happens. too. Yeah. Uh, now, I guess like Tom Zoo is probably um, creeping up there. Yeah. But um, and he has more on ends experience at Tesla re- in recent sure. years. Because yeah. uh, JB has left in 2019 and Tesla has been quite a different company over the last four years. Uh, it's it's hard to question that, but it's not like JB has been sitting on his hands for the last four years either. He's, he's built a, he's built a company that arguably is necessary for Tesla to achieve its own goals, which is a company that is building a battery material supply chain in North America, which we simply didn't have until, which I would say now, but we don't even have it just now. Like it's starting to be a significant supply chain now 
So yeah, there's a lot of very cool things about that. Just purely JB being back on board, even if it's just as a board member rather than as an executive, he's still going to have a bigger impact than he did on Tesla over the last four years. And uh, it could potentially imply some connection between Tesla and Redwood, even though that would come with a bunch of red tapes as like, you know, since he's a board member, uh, they would they would have to you know disclose everything, but we've seen that before. It was just like when uh, before Tesla acquired Solar City, for example, there was a lot of uh, um, interaction between the two companies. So we could see something happening like that with Redwood, which obviously would be a good partner for Tesla on the recycling front for the batteries for sure. and on uh, the battery material supply chain. So yeah, congrats on the well. I mean, congrats on JB. Uh, he's not he's not being uh, he's just being nominated right now. But I would assume it's a pretty much a done deal. Like, right? Uh, he's as far as I know, he was universally universally loved at Tesla and amongst Tesla shareholders. So I think it's gonna he's gonna come in at like a 95 percent approval rate, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, a full four more a few more Tesla news, and be, before we get into the non-Tesla news today, uh, we have a lot of people commenting right now. But uh, uh, if you guys have any question for us, put them in the comment section. We're gonna get to them in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. We're gonna be able to have some time to answer your questions. It can be about things that we talked about today on the show, or other topics in the EV industry that you want us to tackle real quick. Um, let us know in the comment section below. All right, next one, the Cyber Vault. So that was teased by Tesla China last week, but it was fully unveiled this week. Um, and uh, it's a box, people. <laughs> Tesla is selling <laughs> a box. But even though it sounds gimmicky, uh, I actually see some kind of value in, in, in this product here. So the Cyber Vault, it is sold by Tesla, though, as, a, as like a full ohm charging installation so it's and it's not a bad deal to like it's it's dependent on obviously some condition that your installation site obviously that always change but the way that tesla's website made it sounded like if you're within 30 feet of your electrical panel like it's a thousand dollars or at least a chinese equivalent of a thousand dollars which is not a bad deal like to have a, a charging a home starting station installed for that price uh, it's it, it, normally it's uh, more expensive than that when I'm talking about the charger included too. And why I think the product itself is interesting is that it uses Tesla's mobile charging station with the adapter attached into the box. So what does that mean? Is that you it, it makes it it makes it like a clean installation at home for a home charger, but then you can quickly just detach the adapter right here. And uh, just keep your other adapter at home for 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 like the for your regular outlet, and then you can just pick that up. You can cleanly pick up your mobile charger and put it in your car when you go on a road trip or something, or leave it there as your home station in a clean look. And so I think there's some value in that because if you're someone that only has the mobile charger, which is like me, I just I don't have a home charger installation right now. Um, I do bring it with me when I, I leave and I go to my other place or I go on a road trip. I like to have the option, even though I'm mostly going to use a supercharger, I mean, like to have the option if I like uh, have like a, I'm on a road trip and I have a Airbnb somewhere, but I can use the outlet outside and just get some trickle charge overnight, things like that. Super useful. But then when you do that and you use your home charger, also, your mobile charger also at home, you have not as clean as a setup really in your garage normally. So uh, this is, uh, uh, I think this is, might not be worth 
ton of money as a product like it's still just a box uh even though there's some electronic components to it it's uh it's pretty cool i think yeah i guess it has some security to uh you know if you're an apartment dweller and you have a you know shared parking lot you don't have to worry about somebody running off with your your cable yeah it is lockable too you can lock it so there's some value in that and it looks like a cyber truck set how cool is that yeah uh, I have a feeling that a lot of Tesla products are going to look like Cybertruck inspired in the next few years. I don't know. It does feel like that. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. This one was weird. This is a Routers report um, that based on nine former Tesla employees that claim that Tesla employees within Tesla are sharing private videos filmed from customer vehicles. So this is something that has come up over the years every now and again, some concerns about the fact that uh, the, basically the sentry mode and the, the, the Tesla cam features that are using the autopilot cameras on the vehicle. Um, so there's two reasons that Tesla might have access to those video if you choose to share them. So at least there's that. You have to choose to share them with Tesla. And Tesla is supposed to use them to improve on autopilot, on self-driving, on sentry mode, on Tesla cam with the use of those videos. Now... What the report suggests is that employees were sharing it without that context, outside of that context, more of like, hey, look at this. Uh, so like example, for example, one of the employees says, uh, we could see inside people's garages and their private properties. Let's say a, a Tesla customer had something in their garage that was distinctive. You know, people would pose those kind of things. So and one gave an example of a, a, an owner approaching his vehicle naked and they would share that video. So that's obviously inappropriate. Um, Tesla didn't comment on the report as usual, but uh, they, I, I kind of have a feeling set that uh, Tesla knew that the report was coming because uh, just a few weeks ago, they, uh, they, uh, they posted the, like uh, out of the blue, they posted a new, their new web page about their privacy approach and how they take the privacy and they had a whole explanation on that. And the main focus is that, yeah, we have access to your videos, but they are anonymous in the sense that they don't, we, the, the video file is not associated to your Tesla account. So we don't know it's you, even though like if you have a video of someone naked, like it's, it's still a person naked, like you can see who it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, this, this is the, the chart that Tesla posted that basically says like how your data is being processed. So the cabin camera, for example, uh, processed directly on vehicle by default, okay? Shared with Tesla, but not associated with the account if up through the data sharing system. Shared to Tesla and associated with the account if beta, uh, FSD beta is enabled and safety critical events occurred. So like, this just letting you as clearly as possible when Tesla get access to your videos and when they get access to it and it's attached to your account. So like, you know who it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. Like, obviously, if somebody's looking at, you know, videos of your car just randomly, uh, the, and, you know, there's obviously things that can identify you, whether it's your address or what's in your garage or if you're walking around naked, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, it's a problem. And, you know, I feel like owners are going to start putting tape over their cameras just like they do with the MacBooks and stuff. Uh, I mean, I already see that for the cabin camera. The cabin I've camera. I've seen yeah. that several times for the cabin camera. People doing right. 
uh, I mean, outside cameras, that would be more problematic because you would need to remove them every time you use autopilot. I would assume now you would need to remove it for the cabin camera when you use FSD too, because FSD needs to look at you when you're, you're using it. Um, yeah, I wonder if it would make sense for Tesla to say, hey, look, you can manually just turn off all cameras, you know, when they're not being used. Like, you know, when, when it's just sitting in your garage, cameras are all off unless you're, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I would assume that that's already the case unless you have sentry mode activated. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know like what the context are of the Tesla employees that getting those videos that were discussed in the, in the report, but it is concerning for sure. Um, especially like this is also concerning within the context of hacking. Like you remember, like I, I just got, uh, I was talking to someone about my article on uh, J uh, Jason Hughes as that, like my article on the big Tesla act. And when you got access to all Tesla vehicles. Right. Um, so now uh, that was pre that feature, but now there's a live camera feature on all Tesla vehicles. If you have sentry mode on your car, you have live cameras on your car and you can just pick up your mobile phone and, and see around your car at all time, just like you do from like a Nest Cam, for example. And we know that, I don't know if Nest Cam themselves were act before, but I know like there's plenty of these own cameras that were act before and you can, like there was like dark web website where you can like go look at anyone's camera basically and, and things like that. So like the similar concern could happen with Tesla cameras and you, anyone could just look and, Oh, I think the inside camera is also on live camera now. So anyone could just like act you and look look inside your car and look at you driving or something. I don't know what they would do with that, obviously. But right. It's still, you know, it's, it's things that we don't want. Right. And there's a lot of celebrities in, in uh, Teslas. You could, That's uh, true, sell, too. Sell Thank access you. to, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's car or something. Yeah, there's a market for that. I'm sure. Like, I wanna, I wanna just look at Jordan Peele driving for hours. <laughs> I saw him at a coffee shop earlier. That's why. Oh, uh, that's why you're thinking about it. <laughs> was it a, a big fan of his movies, except the last one? Nope, I wasn't that into the Nope thing. Yeah, like the his alien key, one. The Key yeah. and Peele show on Comedy Central. Oh yeah, Key and Peele shows the is the shit though. That's awesome. Uh, all right, uh, we're off the Tesla news. A few more news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into your comments. So please put your question in comments. I see there's a bunch of them. Greg is on right now. Hey, Greg, Grace. We have a lot of people listening right now. Um, the RAM. So we reported on the unveiling last week or a week before that, but for some reason, like RAM, they unveiled the electric pickup truck, but they didn't give us that many details in terms of specs. So now we have the actual uh, the actual specs here to discuss. And as you remember, they were hyping them up like crazy. They said this, this vehicle is going to be revolutionary and blah, 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 blah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the specs? So now let's get into it. Um, so the standard battery pack. So they weren't kidding in terms of like the battery capacity on this thing because the standard battery pack is 168 kilowatt hour. Uh, so it's basically like a semi-truck battery pack in there they're literally there's semi-trucks that have battery pack of that size uh very short range one but still so they say that that base one will give you a, a range of 300 of up to 350 miles so that's not epa range just yet i think that's their own estimate but uh it should be close to that there's a longer version longer range version i should say uh with a 229 kilowatt of battery pack so that's that's as big as uh uh, we've known in, in, in commercial vehicles, right? It's bigger yeah, than the it's Hummer. Yeah, bigger than the Hummer. 
yeah, bigger the, the uh, Hummer was Hummer's the biggest one, two ten or something, but yeah. yeah, bigger than Hummer. So the new biggest battery pack yet, and they claim that that will give you a range of up to five hundred miles. So that's interesting because now we're talking about something that a lot of people could use with like a trailer, a full trailer, or thing like that, and still get over 200, 300 miles of range depending on the kind of load. Speaking of load, the towing capacity is up to 14,000 pounds and a payload of up to 2,700 uh, pounds. Uh, 800 volt fast charging, that's good. Uh, they're talking about uh, 110 miles for 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. I would like to have like a 10% to 80%. That would be more useful a little bit, but... Um, dual um, electric drive motors, 250 kilowatt. I assume that's each. I would, I would hope that's each. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it, it's each because 654 horsepower total. So that's, that makes sense. Uh, zero to 16, 4.4 seconds, which obviously is uh, very good for a pickup. There's going to be some vehicle to home, vehicle to vehicle, and vehicle to grid bi-directional charging capacity on that thing. So we like to see that, especially with a that kind of battery capacity like this 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 is where like i i've always been more on the tesla side of things when it comes to like the vehicle to grid vehicle to home i'm like yeah it's i, I like the vehicle to everything like the like powering like a, your camping station with the ionic 5 for example that's cool but for like actual like vehicle to home i'm like yeah how useful that that be but the bigger the battery pack i think the more useful it's going to be because like how often are you actually going to use the 500 miles out of that truck? Like most, unless you use it as like a work truck uh, every day, like you're going to, you, you use that big capacity for like the, the times that you're going to pull your trailer and, or pull your, 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 your boat to the lake or something like that. But on a day-to-day -day basis, you're not using it. So it's a lot of capacity that can be used, I think, as home charging at the same time. 2022 inch wheels available on this thing. Uh, the interior, we have seen it a little bit uh, last time. We have a new pictures here. Uh, looks like, you know, trucks these days, they're like luxury vehicles inside, basically. And this one is no exception. Uh, we don't have pricing just yet because this thing is not coming until 2025. So uh, no rush on pricing. But for the 229 kilowatt hour battery pack version, I wouldn't... Uh, expect anything less than what like 80 85 maybe i don't know six figures for that might make sense six figures you I mean, think that's possible i mean it, you're talking about a hummer basically yeah but yeah but it's a ram like like yeah. how many ram vehicles sells for over a hundred thousand dollars i'm not sure my uh one of my friends in uh new york has one and i think he paid like six figures for it Oh yeah, I mean, I know they're not cheap, like, but uh, hundred. I mean, it's is... it, he's got like a luxury thing going on yeah. in there, it's like leather seats yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, I've seen the interior of those. Sometimes they get pretty wild. Like you don't expect that from a pickup truck. Right. All right, we got some delivery numbers from GM too. Um, their biggest quarter yet for electric vehicles with over twenty thousand EV deliveries, and uh, obviously the Bolt TV is dominating that with nineteen thousand units, if I remember. Um, trying to find it. Nineteen thousand seven hundred. Uh, yeah, oh, well. you're right. That's both EV and EUV uh, combined. Then you have uh, only uh, nine hundred and sixty-eight units for the lyrics, <laughs> and then we were talking about the Hummer EV. I don't know what's happening with the Hummer EV. It was two 
Hummer EV pickup trucks delivered last quarter. That's crazy. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's but that's at the same time that's 400 kilowatt hour battery pack. You could have <laughs> you could have made eight uh, model uh, three uh, standard range with that. Yeah. So you can look at it like that maybe. Uh, then we have some delivery numbers from Rivian. Um, they delivered. Oh no, sorry. They produced nine thousand two hundred and ninety-five. EVs and they delivered just short of eight thousand units. So that's uh, that, that, that's one of the things that hurting it's hurting Rivian a lot is that discrepancy between the vehicle manufactured and delivered each quarter. So that hurts also their um, their gross margin a lot. So hopefully they can uh, they can close that gap there because uh, that would make them look a lot better with their their gross margin every quarter, which I hope is going to increase uh, this this quarter around because. Uh, like we said, we even though we are impressed with the production ramp at Rivian, we're still not impressed at uh, the kind of margin they are getting on those on those vehicles. Yeah, the the CFO uh, came out uh, with uh, some words, and I think they plan to be kind of neutral on uh, margin by twenty twenty five. If I remember correctly, I thought it was uh, next year. I thought it was next year. Oh yeah, neutral next year, and then profitable yeah. after. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if they hit that, that's that's what they need to do. And they get there by scaling, better suppliers. I think they said the motors uh, in the Enduro platform are a little bit uh, more reliable from a um, supply chain standpoint. So all good things. But, uh, you know, people, I think the whisper number on Rivian was a lot higher because of that uh, report that... Uh, uh, RJ had a uh, conversation, you know, internally with with some of the the folks inside, saying that uh, you know we we said we could make this many, but we're going to actually make a lot more than that. Yeah, and doesn't seem like they were making more than that. Well, also fifty thousand units is still a goal this year, and ten thousand units is is still short of that goal in the quarterly. If you expand right. quarter, uh, annually from from the quarter, obviously we think there's going to be a ramp up in the second half of the year. Uh, they did mention a fewer electric vans deliveries um, production to uh, this quarter, which uh, might make sense because we heard that they're losing a ton of money on those, and they've been talking to Amazon about uh, maybe like slowing things down because they, Amazon is basically stealing those vans from, from Rivians right now. Right. Um, all right. At the same time as the production numbers were released, we also had the news from uh, Rivian about a new option of a performance dual motor R1T. And the actual range specs on the max battery pack, so the new biggest battery pack option. So with the max battery pack, now the dual motor gets 400 miles of range. The performance dual motor get uh, 400 miles of range uh, also, but you get uh, a second faster because you get the same range on the performance version. Okay, uh, but the quad motor all-wheel drive you drop to 329 miles of range. But you get that three seconds or the sixty acceleration. Yeah, and if you if you change the tires up on those, they the the range drops quite a bit. I think it's yeah. like down to three hundred thirty with the uh, those big ones, twenty twos. So I, I I'm a little confused with my own Rivian reservation to be honest. The R1T like because I I reserved it as soon as you could back in two thousand what eighteen at this point nineteen I don't remember when. 
And uh, I'm supposed to still have access to the original pricing, which is a big difference. Like for me, I think it's like a $20,000 difference. But I, my understanding is if I change my configuration, I'm screwed. Like I, I need to pay the new price. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, we changed the color of ours. to get me to change it. Like I keep getting emails like, hey, you change your configuration. You might get it sooner. <laughs> but really? When I play with the configurator, I see the new prices and I'm like, eh, that's not what I was supposed to pay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because uh, I think right now I'm like $91,000 Canadian uh, for, for yeah. my configuration. And if I change it, it's like $115,000. Oh, wow. It's like, I'm not paying that for, for that truck. I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway. I'm I, I'm the same boat. Uh, just waiting for my... It's supposed R1S. to be October now. Yeah. Yeah, and also they just there's no service center in Quebec yet so I don't I'm not on a rush to to but to, to go ahead with my order just yet either way but still yeah all right let's jump into the the comment section you guys um we're gonna answer your questions uh we talked about uh Steve Sutton's unpopular opinion a little bit already uh but he continues uh, Tesla said this in multiple plans and statements do they make other Changes sometimes driven by demand, sure, but that isn't the norm and won't be going forward. That this is an important point. Uh, what Tesla says is not always the uh, yeah, you know, the, the number one reason. Um, that obviously makes better PR. It's not good PR to say, "Hey, we're going to get as much money as we can out of each car uh, from each of our customers." That just doesn't go over well. So uh, don't believe everything you hear from a company. I would be my. I don't know how you feel about that, Fred. No, I, I agree. Like you have to take it for, but and at the same time, like they are, maybe they say that, but also Elon said it that they're gonna adjust pricing to cater to the demand, and so you, like you, they they can say a lot of things. You have you have to use your logic to uh, to kind of find the truth and read between the lines. And it's clear right now that Tesla needs those price drop to create the demand that that they can produce for, which is a lot to be, to be fair. Like, it's not a bad thing necessarily. Like, yeah, I mean, the stock might take a hit this quarter when we learn about the gross margin or maybe not, maybe the gross margin are not that bad either, but they're going to take a hit in the gross margin for sure. But they're going to, they, they're delivering and producing more electric vehicles than anyone else right now and in a better spot than any other automaker in the market to uh, bring us to the electric future that we're all looking forward to. Yep. All right, Roller20, do you think they'll make a Model Y with LFP? I'd rather be able to charge to 100%. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would love that. I would love, like, I assume they're waiting for that because uh, they do have that in other markets. Obviously, in China, there's a standard range one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I assume it's using LFP cells. I would assume that would make sense. We don't have those details, obviously. Um, in the US, Probably Tesla is waiting to have LFP sales production here, whether themselves uh, with the 4680 or through the rumored partnership with CETL that's supposed to be mirroring Ford's partnership with CETL. So once that comes into play, uh, it would make a ton of sense to have a standard range Model Y for like $45,000. And then with the incentives and all that, it would be it would be a killer car in this market. That would sell quite well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tesla prices a year ago were raised only to reduce demand, to reduce wait time. It had nothing to do with needing to increase margins. All right, another. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's a weird way to look at it. <laughs> like, uh, 
well, we we don't want more money, but we gotta yeah. take it just so that less people place orders for us. Like that's that's stretching. That's a weird way to approach this thought process, really. Yeah, I don't know what you can do with that. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, yes, they'll make LFP, but with the new cattle battery factory that hasn't been built yet. So yeah, that's yeah. It's, this will be years away. Like I think the forty six eighty cells from Tesla with an LFP chemistry could be more uh, potentially closer to production. All right, Ron King. Price changes are wonderful. I pay the same price as my neighbor, and I don't have to spend four hours negotiating. Car price always changes. Just look at dealer discounts. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's a fair point. Like the, the dealer pricing is not. Uh, as transparent as Tesla, so Tesla has a transparency issue, but uh, transparency advantage. But at the same time, now, uh, like the, the where where Tesla's pricing model is not fun for customer is like for the Model S and X, for example. It's a better example because it has the the way the pricing is more clear. The way the pricing has changed, like Tesla hasn't uh, didn't have the Model S and X in production for. Uh, Model S for like almost like a year, I think, almost a year, and then Model X for even longer than that when they did the refresh. And during that time, they collected a big backlog of orders that created this artificial demand of being higher than it should have been because they they were just not producing them. So there was this scarcity aspect was due to Tesla just incapacity to bring the vehicle to production, the refresh version of the vehicle, and then they charge crazy prices on those. When the production started, because they could, because there was there was a big backlog of people trying to get it, uh, and then as soon as that back, they worked through that uh, like part of that backlog or most of that backlog. Now they dropped the prices thirty thousand dollars in one case, twenty thousand dollars in another case. So that's that's a little bit that's the the part that I get why the owners would be upset about it because they were charged a big premium for just being the first to to order it rather than like waiting. Uh, not that much longer because now the production is higher and you can get it pretty fast and uh, you get it much cheaper too, which affects your resale price on your $100,000 vehicle. Obviously, we're talking about people that can afford a $100,000 vehicle, so we're not as upset about them, but still. Yeah. All right. Uh, Redwood needs more press. Uh, that's all. Mm -hmm. We electric. We gave them press. We report on yeah. basically everything they do. We're really excited about about it. It's just it, it doesn't get that much press from like the mainstream because it, it's nerdy stuff. Like people don't care right. that much about like oh all right we're gonna make anode material. Ooh, what is this an anode? So it's like gonna be the answer of like ninety nine percent of people. So those kind of news they more get like local news of where the production capacity is gonna be because that's big local news because of the jobs that it's gonna create and the economic impact. But on a bigger stage, only nerds like us like this stuff. Uh, speaking of nerdy, which car manufacturer is forecasting a sales reduction for 2025? We say EVs are increasing. Well, somebody has to decrease. I think we're already seeing like big de decreases across the board. Yeah, but that's that's the interesting part. That run is right. That's like that's a good question. But like the pandemic, like fixed that problem for a lot of people where sales crashed, and like so. So you see sales bounce back a little bit in some cases, uh, uh, gasoline car sales I'm talking about, but EVs obviously they, they maintain and they kept growing during that time. So it, it's sort of, uh, 
it, 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 it sort of gave them a reason for why like gasly cars don't crash and like they're not necessarily focusing on them picking up they're like oh we're switching to electric now because it's the future and whatever but not because like <laughs> everything else has crashed all right important question fred why do you have a red light shining in your camera <laughs> It doesn't, okay, doesn't yeah. do it. it. It's not strong enough to have any impact on the on, on my camera right now. This is just like an ambience light, basically. I have I have a camera streaming light on top of me that compensates for it. So it's just some ambience. All right, Steve Sutton. While privacy is concerning in the article they use for business, this is also from Mexican employees, so we don't know if people are stirring up trouble. Fair uh, enough. Especially especially routers. They have a very bad track record when it comes to Tesla and those exclusive that they have. A lot of things are just like straight up false. Um, now, nine former employees and specific examples and all that, like this, this is where I give a little bit more credibility to the report because you know, like it, if they are making things up, it's uh, very specific things to make up that could be uh, easier to disprove. Especially with Tesla supposedly having now their hardcore um, litigative uh, law team of lawyers and going after people now and everything, so I would be more careful if I was them in, the, in that case. But I, I, I doubt that it, the report is false. Uh, but in terms of like using them for business, like uh, why would you share the picture of like a, a naked owner next to his car? Like I don't think that's there's a business reason for that. Yeah. Or like these these interesting things in the garage. So I don't know what do you mean by interesting things, but I would assume it's not business related too. It's funny stuff. Yeah, and and a little bit more on that. There are non-scandalous reasons for Tesla employees to share footage, but as humans will do, there are stupid reasons also. Like at your doctor's office, some HIPAA stuff will get spread among nurses. I guess I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. Uh, not enough depleted batteries for Redwood. They're lasting way longer than thought. So I guess that would be a problem, a good problem uh, for, you know, if that is really the case. I think Redwood is actually getting up plenty of batteries, but... Yeah, but I mean, not a ton for sure right now. I would, I would assume, especially like they're dealing mostly with Volkswagen, Audi, and, and, and people like that, which didn't deliver that much volume a few years ago. So it doesn't make sense that they are getting any volume back at this point. But you, it's, still, it's still important to have all the processes in place for when the volume comes, because the volume is going to come. There's no doubt about it. So whenever... Uh, like whenever we, we get hundreds of thousands of uh, vehicle battery pack getting depleted every year, you, you need to have a robust um, recycling industry ready to take full advantage of that capacity. All right, Greg Poland question. So Tesla can view my videos even if I don't have sensory mode turned on while it's in my garage. I guess I need to be careful where I walk around naked, joking. But, uh, yeah, well, that's that's kind of the point. But I, I'm not sure that the the sentry mode thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Tesla gets video if it's not turned on. Like, I would hope not. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a lot of data if they're just streaming. Yeah. Ton video. Uh, and and congratulations, Greg is also getting his uh, Austin built Model Y with white interior and tow hitch tomorrow. So nice, and you're cool getting there. it. Cheaper, I assume now, since you're getting the delivery tomorrow, you're gonna get the the new price. Yeah, that's true. Uh, little bonus, like a couple thousand mm -hmm. bucks. 
All right, moving on. Will Friedman, question. Have you guys tried FSD 11.3.4? My experience is that is significantly improved. Most notable improvement in a long time and still a very long way to go to actual self-driving. We did talk about that a little last week. Fred, I think you got got it. Yeah, I got it. And I put uh, maybe 100 more miles on it uh, over the last week since I come back from BC. And um, yeah, it's it's good. It's... Uh, uh, but, but like I said, my main focus is at least I'm not concerned anymore about it screwing up my highway experience with autopilot now that the stack is merged. So that's that's the big one. I've used it a little bit on non-highways, and it's still not impressive to me. Uh, it's still it's not I should say impressive. It is impressive that what, what you can do is just not useful. It's still not useful. You st you're still you're the one working when you're using this on City Street. You're the one training it using the system as you're basically coaching it out to drive. It's not I know it's a beta and all that. I'm just saying like I, I'm trying to see the path from that to benefit to the driver and it's hard to see right now. Yep. Even with the V11, that's what I'm But at least don't be scared about if you, I don't want to get the V11 because I love my autopilot right now and I don't want to screw it with the full self driving. I think you're going to love it, especially like things like we were talking, which is just pure coincidence. You were talking about uh, Ford's Blue Cruise that moves around when you're a truck. You, you hug the left lane when you pass the trucks and things like that. There's that in V11 when you're passing a, a truck. So that's nice. The uh, uh, lane change can be more assertive too which is good um i just need to find a way to get it back into the right lane it keeps when i pass the truck pass the truck automatically or pass any kind of vehicle automatically it doesn't i need to tell it to go back to the right lane hmm. after. that's bad driving behavior interesting uh i have it uh waiting for me when i get back to new york mm. so we'll uh we'll see it over here soon uh roller 20 asked a question that uh was kind of big news this week in both apple land and uh ev land uh, will the Bolt EV keep CarPlay? GM has made the dumb decision to only provide Android Automotive and not screen projection, which is CarPlay and Android Auto. Uh, I agree that I don't think this was a good decision on GM's part, especially pre-announcing it. Uh, I think, I mean, Polestar right now has uh, Android Automotive and you can use CarPlay or Android Auto on top of that. Um, so I don't quite understand uh, GM's move there. Um, you know, Rivian, Tesla, they build their own uh, internally. It's quite controversial that Rivian doesn't have CarPlay. Uh, I think people have kind of moved on from Tesla having CarPlay, although um, from from my standpoint, I'm, I'm currently driving a Mercedes EQE that has CarPlay and a its own system. And you can kind of choose between the two. I kind of feel like that's the way to go. So you put your system up against CarPlay, and if your system is better than CarPlay, people will use your system. But you know, CarPlay has things like reading your text messages to you, and and a bunch of apps that aren't necessarily making its way to uh, Android Automotive. So it's a debate for sure. What do you think, Fred? No, I, I agree with the premise that oh yeah more choices is better so you you, you would need it but uh i also understand from an automotive manufacturer point of view where you don't want to give up that experience that uh user experience to another company uh you you want to ha own the entire ecosystem that makes sense and i think for tesla at least tesla has put a lot of effort into their user interface 
uh, so it's easier to forgive them not to offer uh, an alternative. For and Rivian also, I think understand the issue. Everything that um, they might not be up on, on par with Tesla yet, but they, I, I see some hope of them getting there. Uh, in terms of GM, though, like especially if you're already giving up and going with Android Auto, like why why would you not offer the Apple alternative? Is there? Do you think there's like licensing issues on that? Like they they, they get some kind of exclusivity or whatever? Maybe. Uh, I mean, you know. Polestar and Volvo right now use Android Automotive and they have a CarPlay interface as well. Yeah, so. no, so it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, Google squeezing the, uh, turning the uh, thing a little bit and making, making the new customers do that. I mean, Ford also is planning to use Android Automotive, but they, yeah. uh, they also have CarPlay, so. Especially GM and Ford are so big in, in the US and Apple is so big in the US, like everyone has an iPhone. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, back to the original question. I don't think that uh, they're going to take it off the Bolt, the Chevy Bolt. Uh, I I really hope they don't. Uh, I'm a Bolt owner, so and I use uh, CarPlay quite a bit. Um, Spike forty three question: Will we get another sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty dollar Model S? So Tesla, um, after Lucid launched, I think uh, offered a sub $70,000 Model S for a short while. And with the prices coming down, uh, do you think that Tesla will hit that price point again? I mean, you're at 80, um, 85 right now. Right. So we're still a long way. Um, I mean, it depends. Uh, I mean, it depends if they cannot sell it. I mean, if they cannot sell them at that price, yeah, they, they could go down. I, I think honestly, there's room also maybe for like a, a smaller range uh, Model S. Maybe they bring back that software lock. That, that software lock thing worked for a while. I know it was a bit complicated, and uh, I know a lot of people like it. I know maybe Tesla maybe used it more at a time where they had some issues selling cars too. So it was kind of a last resort thing. I don't know if they want to go back to that, but uh, it makes sense. Um, they could sell the car for like uh, $10,000 cheaper with, um, I don't know, 15 kilowatt hour locked and, and sell the unlock as a software upgrade over time. Uh, they, we could see that again, maybe. Um, What's the price point for uh, uh cars on the uh the seventy five hundred dollar uh uh well then yeah no i mean the, for for the mall s that would be hard they, they would need to hit 55 because it's technically a sedan right uh, yes, for the mall x it would be a little bit more feasible because it's eighty thousand. so you could maybe see tesla like i mean it's still a fifteen thousand dollar difference yeah but if they software lock like you know 25 yeah. kilowatt hours of battery and then you yeah. could buy that later yeah, and it still probably can get a, like a normal X at like 200 miles of range maybe uh, with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thoughts on the Mercedes EQXX? Um, I Build it. A... Build it. That's our yeah, thought. Exactly. Uh, it is a little bit rough around the edges. The, the wheels were out, you know, very thin. Um, it's a prototype, but we, we would love to see them build it. It's got solar, crazy thousand kilometer range. Nice really active good. aerodynamic features. Yep. 
All right. I mean, right uh, now it's really just a test build for like a test bed for, for all those features that we just discussed and try to introduce some of them into production vehicles uh, rather than like one vehicle with all of it together. But I mean, if they could, they, I think they could make a production car out of it. Like it would, would be like a very like luxury vehicle, but uh, I think there's something to do with it. Yeah. And they certainly learn learning things for their other cars. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in aerodynamics alone. Uh, Roller 20, I think GM will be making money off the data harvesting that happens with Android Automotive. Um, that's an interesting mm. thing. I know GM is trying to kind of squeeze some more money out of its services business. Um, I I don't like that they push their OnStar on you pretty hard, uh, which, you know, you don't mm. really need. But if they could get some services that were beneficial, that would be interesting. I don't know, you know, like... Are they going to sell your data to Google for advertising purposes for Android Automotive? That would be unfortunate, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Regarding the Model S 69K price, probably after Gen 3 is out and battery prices continue to fall. Uh, maybe, I guess. Yeah, that would require a new like a new Model S production line altogether. So they, they would need to be ready to do that, which I don't, I don't think they are right now. All right, and finally, Greg kind of clarifying his Model Y price went up after he purchased it and now came back down to the same price that he purchased it at. Uh, Jesus, so. you've been on order for a while then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for us this week, everyone. I appreciate everyone, every single one of you listening right now. Uh, thanks for your attention. We appreciate it. One uh, fellow heavy nerds to another. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a like, thumbs up, whatever it is on the app that you're listening right now, because we are live on all platform. And um, if you're listening on audio only on the podcast app, if you can give us a five-star review that takes a seconds to do, it helps the show tremendously. And we read every single one of them. And uh, that's it for the show this week. We're going to see you at the same time, uh, same place uh, next week.